What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. everyone and welcome back to Star Fellows, your favorite D&D podcast in a galaxy far, far away. I am your Dungeon Master Rob, and with me, as always, are my friends, Hannah. Hello. Mills. What's up? And Brennan. How's it going? It threw me off for a second because normally in the Discord it's ordered in the way I say it, but now for whatever reason today because of the way you yeah, guys do it. No, we changed our ni- we changed our nicknames. Every time we change our nicknames it like rearranges us <sighs> Okay, in the That's why. I was it's alphabetical I Because normally I look at Han, then Mills, then Brennan, and it's in order, but then I had to <laughs> <laughs> So where we last left off. The party uh battled with Brick and Nola Breeze in space. We had our inaugural space combat between the Thorn and Brick's personal gunship, um, which resulted in an on-ship mutiny for Brick, where Nola Breeze was able to take control of his ship and eject him into an escape pod, which Dio Nevada shot out of the sky in glorious fashion, which gave you guys room to escape and jump into hyperspace towards Kajik, where you guys spotted some interesting things, namely a circular desert on a part of the planet that should not be there. You also touched down and mingled with some of the locals. You talked with some of the Wookiees through uh, your rosy translator AI that is now embedded into M-Zero, which you learned that uh, the chief uh, of the Wookiees, Chief Tarkal, has been wandering around Kajik and uh, having some strange movement activities that have been noticed by the locals. Um, You also learned that there might be a governmental council meeting on Kajik about something important. And you also got some information um, from a nice Wookiee lady, uh, a Wookiee mom, who uh, recommended that you should go visit 
the shrine of branch and water near the two great trees in the center of the city of Kachihiro as sort of a tourist location. Um, with that, you guys are still on uh, the planet Kajik in Kachihiro. Um, and after eating some squid noodles, you guys are ready to move on to wherever you would like to go. So with that, there is a bustling crowd around you. You are in this market by the restaurant still um, and have total freedom to move as you would like. I think we decided to go to the shrine last episode. Yeah. Yep. Wonderful. Um, so it is about midday. The sun is high over the two great Wuxia trees that uh, dawn and canopy over the city of Kachihiro. You see plenty of Wookiees uh, walking around, tending to their business, engaging in commerce, chatting. You hear plenty of all around you. Um, and you guys are walking down these uh, wooden planked streets um, towards these two great Wuxia trees. Um, as you approach, uh, you notice that the, uh, as you approach the city center near these trees, you notice that uh, more and more of the industrial buildings made out of brick and stone and wood start giving way to more natural structures made out of earth and living tree. And as you approach the two trees, you can see in its branches and in the trunk that there are um, hovels and houses carved out of them. Now, these trees, to give you a sense of scale, um, are the size of large skyscrapers. They are truly uh, magnificent, uh, dark wooded jungle trees that have long flowing vines and leaves that canopy over you. And it is clear as you start approaching them, you can see people moving around on the upper platforms that are built into these trees, indicating that they are well lived in and actually a source of home and uh, business for many Wookiees. Um, you also see as well that the population as you get towards the center of the city has become more blended. It's a more blended mix between Wookiees and humans and other alien species that are uh, either visiting or tourists. Now underneath the two great trees there is this large garden plaza where the shrine of branch and water is located and as you walk up um, and kind of breach the gate into this garden, um, you see the shrine itself. So in between the roots of these two great trees in the center of Kachihiro, this shrine is uh, built and it is a circular shrine. In the center, there is a stone statue that is covered with vines and branches and overgrown with roots, obscuring the original shape of the statue. Um, and it's, it's almost like a living structure um, with the figure in the center surrounded by water and lily pads and flowers and reeds growing up from some of this shallow, somewhat swampy water. Um, and you see Wookiees gathered all around it, some of them chatting, some of them um, praying peacefully, others just kind of relaxing. Um, the figure in the center of the shrine um, looks like a large bodied figure um, with, again, it's, it's facial features obscured. Um, the stone is old. It looks very weathered. Um, and is, like I said, like the cracks of the stone have been grown in by various forms of foliage. The most prominent feature on the statue is a pair of stone antlers, which protrude from the weathered head of the statue. And there also appears to be a thin stone pillar sticking from the base of the statue 
that looks like it may have been grasped at one point by the statue whose hand is outstretched in the same direction as the stone pillar. Yet the other part of the, the, the staff or whatever was the stone pillar was supposed to represent has crumbled away. Um, so this broken statue is in the center and these Wookiees are all around it. Um, and you guys um, have entered this space. Um, what I would like you guys to do um, is kind of explore um, and look for leads. So I will leave it up to you for what you want to look at or any things that you want to, I mean, feel free to ask questions about this space, the people around it, um, and investigate. <laughs> um, is there anyone who looks like, who stands out, like who looks like they might like work here or be of importance? Sure, uh, roll me a, a investigation check. Uh, 19. 19's very good. Um, yes. Thank you. So, you're welcome. Um, Dice Christ is, is the one we should be giving thanks to. Mm, no, um, thank you. Fuck <laughs> Dice Christ. Dice Buddha. I don't know. No. Uh, no? Okay. I recognize the authority of no gods. <laughs> Tell the Ben do that. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, uh, yes, with a 19. So, it's a pretty crowded space. You can see that there are some Wookiees that are kind of chanting together in unison that seem to be um, undergoing some sort of prayer. But you notice on the far side of this um, glaive, on the other side of the statue, um, kind of obscure from your vision, you do recognize uh, Chief Tarkal. Again, a dark um, black and gray furred Wookiee. Um, he, as you know, is the chieftain of uh, the planet, essentially. He's the leader of the planet, and he's meditating on the far side of the statue. And as you watch him, you see that he's interrupted by a human with greasy blonde hair and a business suit. His guards um, stand up as the, the person in the business suit approaches him, and they all put their hands out and um, start grumbling at him but you cannot make out what is being said from where you are. Oh, I'll definitely move closer then. Okay, are you trying to move as a party? Or are you trying to move stealthily? Or what are you trying to do? I guess I can't really speak for what everyone else wants to do, but I would like to stealthily move. And like less stealthily as in like sneaking around and more just trying to blend in. You know how when somebody walks someplace really confidently, you're like, oh, they know where they're going. Uh, <laughs> Ramesses L, you know... Seeming to know where they're going and being like, you know what? It seems like the seems like the place. So I'm gonna follow closely behind. <coughs> okay, and Mix, what about you? Um, I'm probably gonna keep my distance just to make sure there's not like a crowd going over there. Okay. Like three is a crowd, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, two is two is just company. Um, yeah. Great. Um, and one's the loneliest number, so. <laughs> Yeah, but two can be as bad as one. Um, great. So uh, what I would love, if you guys are trying to keep a low profile, is for both of you to roll me uh, stealth checks to blend into this wookie crowd. Uh, six. Uh, I don't think I Yeah, also Mix has a plus zero to stealth, so. I mean, I have a plus one, so. <laughs> so I have a plus four, but that was not my best roll. Um, because I got five plus five dexterity, but the heavier armor drops it by one. So with stealth, it's plus four. So nice ten on the die, Rob. 
Yeah. Okay. So you guys are both uh, much more conspicuous than you would have liked to have been. Um, <laughs> oh, well, worth personality. Um, I, People just Elle's... can't keep their eyes off L. <laughs> I, um, I I don't think it's my personality as much as my giant Beskar armor. <laughs> Looks a bit weird at the the shrine of Wookies. Um. Yes. So. Uh, this is what happens. So the two of you are. are have different interactions when it comes to being noticed in a crowd. L, because of their Jedi business, is disarming and trustworthy for the most part to the average person that encounters uh, him. And he's Rama, just so friendly. Rama, on the <laughs> other hand, is a giant, faceless, armored humanoid um, who looks very out of place. Um, so this is what happens. So you guys are approaching Chief Tarkle in this man in the business suit, right? Or yeah. You, okay. So as you guys kind of close the distance around the shrine, um, you hear uh, Wookiees and other citizens around the shrine start to whisper and grunt in low tones as you pass, getting sort of a mix of um, interested uh, kind of glances and then like fearful and wary looks as like mothers with some children around start to move away from Rama and as other kids kind of like look interested at this uh, jungle looking figure uh, of a Twi'lek who's moving through the crowd. It's not inherently obvious what the feeling of all these people around the shrine is. Um, Mix, I would like you to make me um, just a force check, I think. Oh, okay, nice. Um... Not great. Nine. Nine. Um, hmm. So how would you perceive this? So a nine is not good enough to have good total clarity over this uh, this thing that I'm just describing. Um, you feel around the shrine as if that there are certain cultural norms regarding this particular place that maybe are better to be observed than they are to be participated in. Um, mm -hmm. meaning that you feel like there are probably certain rules regarding conduct around this particular place that you are unaware of. Um, that's just for mix, though. Um, so you two, as you're moving towards Tarkle and this man in the business suit, um, you get close enough to hear the man in the business suit say, Well, Chief Tarkle, you must understand. It's a manner of business. And currently, I understand that your people are hard up for finances. Finances, which I would be happy to supply. And you know my price. And you hear Chief Tarkle respond, um... In Wookiee-ish, I don't. What is the actual language of the Wookies? Uh, you hear him respond <laughs> angrily um, with something that that you uh, cannot understand unless it's being translated. So I guess the other question I want to ask is: Are you going to have M Zero in this moment translate what's being said at the risk of being even more conspicuous? Or at this point, if there's not like a polite way to, uh, if there, if the only way for M Zero to translate is for it him to say it loudly then no okay um so rosie will not or the ai rosie will not uh translate what is being said um but as you approach and are kind of in range to hear this conversation um multiple wookie guards divert their attention from the man in the business suit and come to stop rama basically um they see this armored man approaching and they come up to you rama and put firm pod hands on your chest indicating that you should not approach further 
I wonder if it's the the four fragmentation mines, two blaster pistols, jetpack, war sword, a <laughs> stun grenade, normal grenade, and a hand cannon. Oh boy! <clears throat> uh, excuse me, fellas. Sorry, I'm uh, just the uh, the strapping gentleman with the headtails. I'm his bodyguard, Fuck. so uh, <laughs> you know, if you just want to let me through. In the back of his mind, he's going to be like, oh, man, probably should have kept a further distance. It's not really my, it's not really my. Yeah, I was going to ditch you. <laughs> yeah, being like, um, being like, ah, oh, diplomatic missions. I all have practice with this. <laughs> um, the two Wookiee guards both growl at you again. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Sheesh. Just uh, take it easy. Take it easy. I, uh, I actually don't speak Wookiee. Um, I guess I could morph my vocal cords <laughs> to Wookiee and just start firing it off. I wouldn't know what I'm saying. I've also uh, <laughs> learned that the language for Wookiee is called Shiri Wook. Shiri Wook. S-H-Y-R-I-I-W-O-O-K. Maybe Shiri Wook. Shiri Wook. That's kind of fun. I like saying that. Shiri Wook. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. I don't know if you know what I'm saying, you know. A long time ago, I probably would have caused a mess, but maybe it's about time I, uh, maybe I just follow from a distance. Uh, nice shrine you guys got here. Is this new? Uh, ah. I kind of, like, good, uh, good. like, retract a little bit and basically just, like, form a barrier between you and the chieftain and uh, this man in the business suit. However, L, you do kind of sneak a little bit past them, although you do not go unnoticed. Chief Tarkle yeah. does rec- like see you approaching this conversation, basically, with M-Zero in tow, and he looks at the man in the business suit and says another something angrily. Um, um, and the man in the business suit looks between Tarkle and you, who is approaching, and says, Well, I'm very sorry to hear that. I wonder if the Tribal Council will agree with you. You Good. boy. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. Continue. <laughs> um, he slicks back his like super gracie uh, hair um, and like tidies his charcoal business suit a little bit and says, I will adjourn. Good day to you, Chief Taco. And he uh, turns and starts walking towards the two great watershed trees. Um with like several like assistants with clipboards kind of in tow um and chief tarkle looks between um like kind of watches him go and uh l you see that he um like ungrips uh like something on his belt um that he was like holding pretty tightly um the body language of this wookie is angry um would you like to try to talk with him um, I will, like, approach a little bit and see if he tells me to fuck off or not. Um, he looks at you and, like, waits for a second and then sits back down and, be- like, re-begins his, uh, meditation. Um, at that, like, a couple of the Wookiee guards then do notice you approaching and, like, start to try to, like, move you back away from him. At which point he kind of waves them off and just says, uh, like, it makes kind of emotion as, like, don't bother. Yeah, um, I will seat next to him in meditation, or as he's meditating. Okay. Um, 
Hmm. Okay. Is he sitting? Is that? He is sitting. Yeah, he's sitting cross-legged. He's meditating. Um, a few moments pass, and um, you become aware that like every like minute or so, at, like through meditation, he like opens up one eye and like looks askance at you, and then closes it again, and then like kind of fidgets, and that kind of goes on for a few minutes until eventually he just kind of like throws his hands up, like clearly not being able to get into the meditative mindset, and turns to you and goes. I'll have M zero translate. <laughs> um, ro- the the rosy, uh, rosy AI yeah. program. Um, I mean, attached to M zero, so functionally M zero. Uh, translates that he he basically communicated. Now what? I apologize. Uh, my friends and I are here on behalf of the Jedi Order, but if you'd rather I wait till a better time, I can come back once you've finished uh, your practice. Um, at that, he sort of like looks around like, what friends? Like, and then you see that his expression changes from one of like annoyance to curiosity. And he says back to you, we have not heard from the Jedi in some months. What is your business here now? There's a, um... Are you familiar with the hive? The hive? Uh... A hive of what? Um... I don't know. I think they're bounty hunters. They laid siege to Coruscant for a few days, and we've tracked them to your system. Hmm... We would like to eradicate that threat. Um, he kind of thinks on this and then, like, looks, um, like, aggrieved almost. Like, he definitely has the demeanor of somebody that is, like, dealing with a few too many problems all at once. And he says, what do you mean that the hive or... Explain yourself. Right. <laughs> I'll just as a deep sigh because he's trying to figure out like okay where the fuck do I start there's a spaceship there's a queen Meloronin basically they're after specific artifacts they were trying to take over Coruscant disabled one of its districts through a combined ground and orbital assault they managed to retreat they are somewhere in this system. It is a large orbiting space station, essentially, with small satellites that they can deploy, I assume. We just wanted to know if y'all had seen and heard or felt their presence at all, which it sounds like now. Um, he kind of sniffs at the air a little bit and says to you, This smells like more human corporate bullshit to me. Perhaps our problems are related. That man I was speaking with, do you know him? Uh, I do not. I I think we... I have an idea of who he's associated with, but people aren't very eager to share that kind of information with strangers, understandably so. He's Dono Barhimian. He's the CEO of Serka Arms. They're trying to buy up parts of the planet to use for mining. 
They've hollowed out parts of the planet. Did you see the yellow wastes on your way into the atmosphere? The surprisingly, uh, not circular desert? Precisely. It was once great green meadows, rich with fertile soil and great trees. And now it is nothing but sand and waste. The Zerka arms deal in raw materials which they manufacture into weapons. For the past few hundred years, they've been conscripting my people into their service, and in the process buying much power with the local government. I've been trying to get them off of my planet for 60 years, but I'm struggling. And now you tell me of a mercenary group capable of attacking Coruscant somewhere nearby. I do not think these things are unrelated. Well, you know the situation on your planet best. How do you think me uh, and my friend services could be of assistance? <laughs> well, unless you're capable of doing what we could not and completely destroying Serka arms and their control over the planet. I'm not sure how you can help. I mean, you give me a target, I'll see what I can do. Um, he laughs at this. Um, uh, that is a fantastic attitude. Um, he contemplates for a second and says, who else do you have with you? Has the Jedi sent a whole host of Armed warriors? No, the Jedi, uh, well, the Jedi are the Jedi. Um, I gesture to, toward, uh, Rama, who I assume is still being, like, watched by a couple Wookiee guards, and then, uh, Mix, and is Digo with Mix? Um, I yeah, Digo and Mix, I think, are, are probably just chatting or, or hanging out. Mix waves. Yeah. <laughs> Except it's. <laughs> I, yeah. I just in my head. Like, I imagine they're far away. They <laughs> sent a whole host of armed warriors. Like no, they sent Rama. <laughs> no, they sent four chuckle fuck. <laughs> <laughs> what are the Jedi thinking? Ah, uh, less than I would have hoped for. Yeah, you and me both. That's fair. I don't suppose there's any hope of reinforcements. On this particular aspect, no. We have some we have some reinforcements coming, but they're planning for uh, a space a battle in space. Hmm. I doubt the Jedi would want to officially interfere in local politics, but well they sent me, so <laughs> destructs. It is my experience that the Jedi say that they are about one thing and do another. Meddling in local politics is kind of their forte. <laughs> I don't know what to do. Perhaps a small force as yourself could help, though. My son, he is missing for a few days now. I sent him into the Yellow Wastes, to the city at the center where the corporate bigwigs tend to live. 
That's also where the arena is. I have not heard from him since he was deployed, and I am afraid he has been captured or subdued in some way. If you could go there and look for my son, I would be grateful. From then on, I... I don't know. Please hurry, though. My son has a vote in the council, and as you may have heard, the politics is not on my side. Many of my more established cohort think that selling parts of the planet to the corporation would be a good thing long term. I think that they're idiots who would rather see the planet go up in flames than protect our people. Bringing my son back would help show that they're not, in fact, dealing in good faith. Yeah, we can do that. Quick question. Your your son isn't, like, Force-sensitive or anything, right? Not that I'm aware of. All right. Um, anyway, my son is named Tardal. He has orange and gray fur, and you'll notice him by the golden braids he keeps under his chin. Look for him for me. See if you can't find him. His goal was to learn more about what Zerka Arms has planned. It's possible that they may be hiding the hive that you speak of, or know something about their whereabouts. It seems that criminals and corporate suits run together. Well, this is extremely helpful information. Hmm. Please, uh, do not tell anybody that it is I that sent you. Things are dicey enough as it is for me. Oh, of course not. I, I assumed this was going to be utmost discretion. Indeed. So forgive me for what is about to happen. Um, and then he shouts out in Wookiee, um, and his guards seize you and Rama and move over to seize Mix and Digo as well. And what I say, um, what I say, what I, hey guys, could I, oh, can uh, I can Rosie translate that? Seize them. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um, am I am uh, I being brought near L? Um, so uh, you guys are being like like grabbed by these Wookies and being pushed away, like out away from this shrine in this garden. Um, but you are being like moved closer together. Um, and as these Wookies kind of like push you and walk you away. Um, they like push you towards the edge, back onto the street basically, um, and then like let you back into the crowd. Um, I mean, you, I guess, uh, like L, why don't you roll, uh, just like, uh, what would this be? This would be like picking up on something subtle. So this is like an intelligence check, I think. Just give me an intelligence check. Uh, I was hoping it was insight, damn. Oh, insight makes more sense. Yeah, give me an insight check. Okay, cool, because I can do that with charisma, so that's a 26. 26. Um, <laughs> you realize that you're Classic not in actual... <laughs> you realize that you're not in actual danger. This, this is a, a show for anybody that might have been watching that like you were not necessarily having a good conversation with the chief. Yeah, I figured. L, L, what'd you say to him? What'd you say, what'd, what'd you say to them? Well, let's let's talk a place a bit more private than this. I don't think in the jail cell. What's Wookie Jail like? I don't like it. I don't like it. I can't go back to prison. I'll tell you, that was horrible last time. 
we're not going to prison. Rama, they left us. We're just standing here. We just got kicked out of the shrine. Rama, like, looks around him. He goes, like, straightens his armor. He's like, I knew that. <sighs> Quit freaking out, Al. Okay. Um, the yellow waste is on a separate part of the planet, meaning that the you can't walk there. Um, so whatever you guys would like to do to, to make that happen. Yeah. Um, well, at some point, we got to get there so I could tell them about, like, everything um can we find a place where we're like just off on our own uh yeah i mean like what kind of place would you like to find i want to debrief about what happened and i don't want there to be corporate spies or otherwise um okay um i mean we could just go back to the ship i think we just go (laughs) back to the ship i was gonna say um Right, okay. So you guys uh, start your way walking back towards the ports um, that are in the the boggy areas of Kachihiro. Um, and you make your way back to the ship. Um, and it's just as you left it. It's it's parked in the, in the like large ship hangars that they have. Um, yeah, you're back on your ship. Uh, your crew is waiting for you. Um, you see that... <laughs> I'm sorry. What did I name this fucking guy? The guy Dale Thorpe. Dale Thorpe. <laughs> um, you see that Dale Thorpe is waiting for you um, on the uh, entrance ramp, just like standing at attention with like a, a mop bucket and a mop, and he's just mopping the ramp. Um, so it's like a little bit slick, and he's just like looking off into the distance, like sort of glassy eyed as you guys get onto the ship. How you doing, Dale? I'm doing perfect. Good. <laughs> yeah, it's good enough for me. I walk past. <laughs> um, <laughs> Mix, I don't suppose you know much about people, do you? Uh, no, I spend most of my time inside. Uh, where's Akala when you need her? <laughs> yeah, Elle is like, this is Rama's mess. He can fix it. Uh, she's not here, dude. <laughs> uh... All right, I'm gonna like thumbs up Dale and <laughs> keep walking. Uh, that'll, I'm sure that'll work itself out. Glorious leader has given me a thumbs up. This is the greatest day of my life. God. Uh, Mix salutes them. <laughs> don't Mix salutes back. <laughs> Mix, I don't think you should encourage him. <laughs> I mean, I think he's having a good time. Oh boy. Yeah, Rama, he looks like he's having a great time. <laughs> Uh, running okay. a ship is really hard. <laughs> this is horrible. Yeah. How did do this for a season? <laughs> she was amazing. She was 15 years old, and she was Irish, and that's all you need. <laughs> anyway, back to our spaceship with our captain, who is not Irish nor 15. <laughs> Probably why he's struggling so hard. Yeah, exactly. Um Let's sit down at the little... Uh, like in on the Millennium Falcon, they have like the game board with the holographic thing where he's like, let the Wookiee win and just, uh, <clears throat> all right, L, you got to fill us in. Right. So had a pretty good conversation with the chief. He expressed his discontent with the corporate overlords who are essentially just buying up votes on the council to try and buy up the planet to exploit it for natural resources um, obviously at the price of the well-being of the citizens, and he's not super okay with that. 
he has reason to believe that there is a possibility that uh what is it called said serka what is yep. this called serka serka uh he's reason to believe that serka arms might be working with the hive or if anything else if anyone were hiding the hive they would know um also his son is missing after going into the wastes trying to get information on the corporation and what they're doing so he has requested that we go and retrieve his son as that would also help his stance on the council and maybe help convince some of the people who haven't been entirely bought out yet that Serka arms you know means harm uh, and then he just threw us out because uh, he can't be associated with this in any way so we're, we're really just off book here uh, do you think we could fly to Thorn in to go or we have to go more covert borrow a speeder or something I think it'd probably make more sense to get a speeder would that be correct Rob um like to travel via land I don't know if the city there's a city at the center but I don't know if they have like docking for ships um so what i'll say is that traversing the non-settled parts of kajik is difficult to do um like you would want to take a speeder if you're traversing like the forest but you guys are basically going to like another continent like that is like on the other side uh not like the other side of the planet but is like a decent ways away um, so if you wanted to try to be like as discreet as possible, you could fly your ship towards like the edge of that area, leave it somewhere and grab a speeder. I don't think you guys have a speeder on your ship though. So you guys would have to figure out how to do that. Um, so does it, what does it make most sense logistically to move the entire ship over there rather than finding like land transport from where we are to over there? Um, like land transport will just like so you could you could hire transport to take you there more discreetly Um, it just I guess it's kind of a matter of like how flexible do you want to be once you're there because if you have your ship close by you can pretty much boogie so long as you get to the ship and don't get shot at Um, but if you're going to sneak in and like leave your ship here then you're going to have to like sneak out again all right. Um, so, so it's up to you. For what I'm you thinking do. we should try and procure some land transport that we can take with us, fly over there, get close, and then go into the city. One of those four of us, maybe two speeder bikes. Those are easy to transport. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good to me. Uh, man, where's that gas guzzling diesel bike you used to fly Tika around on when you need it? It's uh. <clears throat> Rosie, just, uh, can you do a quick scan for a speeder bike rental around here? Wait, she can't talk. Oh, yeah. Wait a minute. Oh, <laughs> yeah, fuck. I oh, no, put, you're right. We gotta you're put right. monkey's flash drive back in. I'm going to be like, hey, monkey, Mix can up. also translate. Yeah. So here's what we should do is we should put this back in Rosie and then go buy actual translators. <laughs> we have money. <laughs> oh. Um. That's so fair. is that what you would like to do is to, to reunite Rosie with her speech functions? <laughs> if we're going to be flying the ship at all, I'll feel <laughs> more comfortable true. with that. I tried to tell you there was a missile on lock, but you weren't listening. 
Uh, hey monkey, can I get the can I get your voice Two box words. back? Sounds like missile approaching. <laughs> um, yeah. So M zero uh, like presses the slot in his head that the the drive is contained in um, and takes it out and hands it back to, I mean, whoever wants to have I'll, it. I'll take it. Thanks, monkey. Uh, really fit. Oh, thank you, thank you. Fits in with your upgrades. That was that was nice. It, is that lawnmower? <laughs> oh boy! I'm gonna grab the, I'm gonna grab the flash drive, plug it into Rosie, and be like, "All right, old girl, how you doing?" Um, you see that like so the you see like some sparks kind of like come out of the main console as you plug it in, and you see like a couple quick processes. Uh, like go through across your your holographic screen as this AI like reconstitutes itself, um, and it comes back online. And Rosie um, has her voice back, and she says, "Hello, my name is Rosie. I think I have a headache. I'm not uh, used to this. Sorry, drink some water. I actually, can I don't roll do te- that. Technology check to see if I can fix whatever is." Uh, failing her. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's an 18. <laughs> um, so an 18 can't fix it, but an 18 is enough to understand what the problem is. Um, okay. You know how, like, if you keep copying an image, like, on your computer and then pasting it and then copying it and pasting it, it'll, like, get artifacty and, like, low res? The same is true with AI. The more you copy an AI or split it or change it, the less stable it becomes. So Rosie has has made herself less stable through some of these actions that she's taken to preserve her original consciousness as an AI. Got it. Do you relay okay. that? Yeah, I relay all that. Uh, okay, <clears throat> so we're not doing that again. Yeah, sorry about that, Yeah, it'd be safest not to. Safest not to. Uh, Mix, uh, do you know, look at better with some rest, maybe? Uh, you know, I could take a look at it over some time, but, uh, you know, I'm not super familiar with AI, but, you know, I could try to spend some time on it, see what I can do. You know what? Good enough for me. Uh, all right, King. So we're gonna get speeder bikes and translators, or translators and speeder bikes. What are we feeling? Probably speed Trans- translators, translators first. We can negotiate. First. All right, yeah. cool. Just making sure. Uh, Rosie, if you're feeling up for it, could you uh, do any uh, scans of where you could find a, a rent the Wookie translator? One moment. Um, she brings up like basically like two web pages. One for a speeder bike rental place that is a couple miles away by foot, um, and then a uh, tech shop that is um, like kind of just like in the in a similar vicinity. It's kind of like a touristy shop that is for people specifically who come to uh, Kajik to travel and uh, sightsee. All right, I'm gonna plug in my little forearm gadget thing and download the hologram for some GPS directions. Thanks, old girl. Now you, uh, make sure you rest up, alright? Aye, aye, Captain. Alright, Mix. You might be lying to my face, but tell me she's gonna be alright. 
Uh, she'll be she'll be fine. Ah. And Mix is Mix is lying. They don't know. <laughs> she'll be fine. Good to hear it. Can I insight check the Mix? <laughs> sure. Uh, twenty one. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you, yeah, <laughs> you know okay. they're lying to make Rama feel better. <laughs> okay, Ugh. yeah, noted. Al just wanted to know if it was what. <laughs> Like, isn't gonna, like, tell Rama or anything, but just, like, okay, do I actually... Does someone need to be worried about this just in case? <laughs> uh, good to hear it. You know, Match, it's good to see you, too. It's, uh, you know a lot about droids, right? Excellent. What could possibly go wrong? All right, let's see a man about a Wookiee, or probably a Wookiee about another Wookiee. Um, right, so uh, first you guys go to that like touristy tech shop that is selling um, translators for like in-ear translators uh, for uh, two thousand credits a pop. <clears throat> so you could equip your whole party for eight thousand credits. Um, awesome. Uh, I'm going to. Uh, is there like a custom option for like which dialect of Wookie? There's like a city Wookie. There's like the South Wookie. Or are they all the same Wookie? Um, it's going to trans. You're creating problems, <laughs> Rama. <laughs> I'm just wondering. Work presented to us. It's, it's- if it costs more than two k, you're not getting it. <laughs> oh, I see Australian Wookies like ten thousand credits. Uh, uh, we'll take the standard uh, times four, please. Um, and this like yeah, the Wookie shopkeeper uh, does your uh, exchange. Um, you guys turn on your translators and leave. Um, and on the way out, you hear the same Wookiee say, damn tourists. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Hope it to the speeder bike shop. And I'm, <laughs> I'm going to have to defer the mix on which one works. <laughs> He's going to like, I'm not, not saying we're going to get ripped off like used car salesman, rent a car style, but I wouldn't know it if we were. Um, I do have a question about these translators. Mm-hmm. Are they only like Wookiee to basic or are these just like kind of a universal translator for most known languages? Um, they're specifically for Wookiee to basic. Okay, cool. So you guys go to the speeder bike place. Um, so there's a couple different like models of speeder bike available. Um, all of the ones that are like being displayed are like normal transport speeders that have that essentially work like a motorcycle where one person is operating it and another person can kind of like stand and sit on a back chair yeah but you don't see any that are equipped with like guns all right mix uh i have no idea what i'm looking at <laughs> what are we feeling i mean uh most of these are pretty standard um mostly just take a pick uh i'm gonna just Go over and like tap one and make sure it doesn't fall apart. Um, you see like a like short, kind of broad shouldered uh human man with uh kind of a, a scruffy dark uh not beard, I mean a beard, but it's not like a long like beard. It is like a close shaved beard come up to you and says, Hey, why are you touching the merchandise? Hey, you sorry, trying to buy sick. something? You trying to buy something? You trying to steal something, huh? What's going on? Okay, question. Is this a, a a human male or is this is yeah. the Wookiee just being translated to Jersey? No, human man. Human <laughs> okay, man. Got it. <laughs> like, hey, sorry about that. Uh, just making sure it's all in a good condition. Uh, what uh, are you feeling, guys? Do you want four separate bikes? You want two to each fit two? Uh, what would be most ergonomic? Uh, I think maybe like two 
Alright, what's your uh, your two best two-seater bikes you got? Uh, I'm Rama, by the way. Rama Viron. I'm gonna offer my hand a shake. Hey, nice to meet you, Mr. Viron. My name is Ricky. This is my shop. I'm selling speeder bikes today at a discount. Great price. You won't get a better price on all the Kajik. Now, here, yeah, the best model we have is the Autotech 74Z. Now, normally when I sell these bikes, now, they come with guns attached. But the thing is, is that there's a strict ban on selling uh, weaponized vehicles on Kajik. So these got uh, no guns, unfortunately. You know, if you were a clone, you know, maybe if you were in the Republic Army, we could cut a deal. But the thing is, no guns. Sorry about that. But these are my best bikes. They're the fastest. They can go over sand. They can go over grass. They can't go through trees. They can go around them, though. They can go over roots. <laughs> Got everything you want. Two-seater. Nice action. Easy acceleration. How much for two? Oh, two. Uh, hey, I'll give you my best price, all right? Two? Yeah. I'm going to need 50,000 credits. I'm going to look Can towards, I anti-check that? Absolutely yeah, not. Mix and be like... <laughs> Is that? L just says absolutely not. I don't even. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need hey, to know. <laughs> you won't get any better bikes than this on Alakaji. Come on, I'm getting you a fair deal. Two vehicles, a thousand credits. That's pretty good. It's pretty good. Max, can I incite that? Uh, I'll just have, not I'll not just... through like tech knowledge, but <laughs> I I got uh, an eighteen on insight. Nice. Um, he's he's definitely trying to uh get as much cash as he can but you get the feeling you get the feeling that this is uh somebody that likes to negotiate uh yeah i've seen these exact models for uh much lower on the market and i think there was another shop down the road uh right that we passed by that we could probably go to if we uh you know you guys feel that i'm gonna lean towards l there is i didn't see one now, yeah. okay, now, wait a minute. We don't, you don't need to go that far. Okay, listen, you know a thing or two about bikes. Hey, whatever, okay? So, listen, you seem like a good kid. You guys seem like you're on the move and you want to have fun. I'll give you a nice little discount. We'll call it 45000 You can come lower than that. We're here. We're going to pay good cash credits. No loan, no nothing, no financing. Oh, you're just going to pay cash? Well, see, now you should have led with that. You know, cash is king. Even out here, cash is king. Well, uh, I'll tell you what. Just uh, a little discount since, you know, you're not going to do payment plans. Money in my pocket right away. It's called 40000 Uh, L looks at Mix and looks at the bikes. Mmm, 35? Oh, see... So well, thirty-five. See, that will be about seventeen per bike. No, see, I think I think I like forty. I mean, all right, we can't. We, I mean, we can just go down the street. Um, make a persuasion check. I got plus zero to that. Ah, God four. damn! Let me talk. <laughs> plus eight to everything. <laughs> Hey, I don't know what to tell you. Hey, I know the guy down the street, and he's a real fucking mashugana. You know what I mean? Like, he's not going to give you a better price than this. Not for cash. I mean, two bikes, 40, that's pretty good. Mix isn't paying, so they're going to stop talking. What? It, what? How about we split the difference? 37.5. Make a persuasion check. Uh, 20. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thirty-seven five. Hmm. I'll pay you right now. We can walk out of the shop with them. Well, 
Yeah, you guys seem like some pretty good kids. Why don't? Why not? Thirty-seven-five. We'll do it. How old is this man? <laughs> Keep calling us kids. Unclear. Unclear. Nick's is fully almost thirty. <laughs> he could be anywhere between twenty-five and like thirty-eight. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, great. So you guys pay thirty-seven-five uh, k uh, upfront in cash uh, to this. Uh, kind of somewhat shady uh human <laughs> businessman yeah i'm gonna keep an eye out on things as we're leaving as well make sure he's not gonna try and send some people to jump us because i'll fucking kill him <laughs> right. i'm gonna um, hop on when uh motion to d go to get on the back <clears throat> um you you like motion to Digo to get on the back uh, and you like look over where you think Digo is and don't see him and you look to your right and he's on the other bike already and he's like <laughs> this thing is so cool <laughs> oh my god Digo L can you uh... <laughs> why what is it what is the problem we bought the bikes I have a license sort of did you print it yourself listen we don't need to ask those kinds of questions Roman these are trade <laughs> secrets you understand how the business I do L <laughs> I mean Mix, you know how to ride these things? Oh yeah, for sure. Alright. Well I'm assuming that. <laughs> you know, let's uh I mean I kinda do. I think Digo can ride it out of the shop. Oh my god. <laughs> he looks like, like a kid in a candy shop where he's like just kind of like doing slow donuts around the shop. <laughs> Oh my god! Uh, yeah, mix, mix can drive the other one. <laughs> I'll get on. I'll get on the back. <laughs> Feel like yeah, I'm pretty good. Probably as good as you are. I can't complain too much as long as it doesn't crash it. I mean, uh, I probably would have paid like a hundred thousand credits for one of these if it weren't for you too. So uh, fair enough. No, yeah, we tune these things up at the armory all the time. Gotcha. Uh, that makes sense technology <laughs> i'm like yeah, say like so can i just like wrap around your waist or something uh no, there should be handlebars back there i somewhere. knew that i'm just gonna grab the grab the <laughs> handlebars <laughs> yeah there's like there's like a seat with uh yeah like something to hold on to like behind the the uh pilot's chair for these things um plus great, that so- is we got our own weapons i bet you i can hit something going this thing on full speed yeah just don't uh, run me off track yeah, you good, you good. Um, great. So you guys uh do you guys take the speeder bikes to the ship or what's the plan here? I would say we just Yeah, I think we're taking them to the ship. Yeah, okay. load them into the back. Right, yeah. Um yes. Um, okay. oh, what are you gonna say? I said I, I hop on the back of uh Digos and I say <laughs> try not to draw too much attention to yourself. I am a master of not drawing attention to myself. Don't I'm worry. gonna, in Mix's view, pull up, <laughs> pull up a grenade and say, "Hey, try not to explode," <laughs> and like put it back. <laughs> was that directed at Mix or Digo? I think it was directed at, at the grenade. <laughs> oh, you gave Digo a grenade? No, no, no. I was just making a joke of like, yeah, this is Digo saying, "I, I'm not. I'm gonna try not to draw too much attention to myself." Is just, you know. Hey, dude, put that away. Okay, sorry, Not sorry. I'm driving. Now I got it, got it. Explosives <laughs> down. Um, I like to think of, like, Mix, like, having, like, motorcycle goggles or something like that. Or, like, natural. <laughs> awesome. For your eyes. On top of the sunglasses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
welding goggles still around the neck oh, for some God. reason. Yeah, no, p- pulls <laughs> goggles out of their pocket. Absolutely. How many uh, sets of those things you got, Mix? I just can't be too careful, you know? Um, I almost answered the question. Hello, everyone. I hope you're having a good Wednesday. We have just released season four, episode 33. And um, I wanted to say thank you for waiting so very patiently for this episode. And I wanted to come on here to say that we have officially wrapped season four. Um, Kind of crazy. Um, And what that means is the very next episode is going to be the last episode of Guildfellows ever. Um, kind of crazy, insane, insane. Um, it'll be the last like regular like story episode. We're going to have a season four wrap episode, as we always do. And then we're going to have a podcast, postmortem, wrap up, whatever, whatever, whatever. So... As you're hearing this, if you're in our Discord channel, uh, our question channel will be open for both season four questions and podcast overall questions. I think we're probably going to like go season by season and just kind of reflect and see how far we've come and all this stuff. Um, But take this as the opportunity to kind of, you know, talk to all of us as a unit for the last time possibly so um yeah that's that's what we're gonna do um which also means this is gonna be my last announcement update whatever thing ever probably so um yeah I don't know that's really all I kind of have to say I'm a little behind on our social media pages so I apologize for that but um we'll we'll get there we'll catch up and um yeah next week's gonna be the very last story episode season four finale and then um i'm not a hundred percent sure when the wrap-up episodes are gonna happen they may not happen for a while simply because a lot of us are busy um and we're just kind of working around our schedule um so they might not happen for a few weeks we're gonna try to squeeze them in eventually um, we're going to try to squeeze them in quick, but if they don't happen for a minute, then they won't happen for a minute, but they'll definitely at least come out this summer. I will make sure that happens. <laughs> um, they'll come out as soon as I can wrangle everyone together. So, um, yeah, that's, that's it. I think that's all I really want to say. I don't really need to go into the regular spiel that I do because I don't know. It's. It's almost over. Um, yeah. Thank you to Arcane Anthems for the, the theme song, as always. Um, and thank you to everyone who has listened uh, thus far. And I'll we'll get into it more once those wrap-ups come out. Um, but, yeah. That's, that's what I've got. Thank you for listening. Um, that's all I've got for you guys today. We love you all so much. Keep your heads up. Stay safe. We love you. I'll see you later. Bye-bye.
Um, so are you guys ready to um, fly away here towards the Yellow Wastes? Mm-hmm. Great. Um, you guys uh, undock from the hangar around uh, Kachihiro and take to the skies, flying um, pretty much just at, like at like airplane level in the atmosphere um, toward the other side of the planet. Um, it takes you about an hour to get to the continent that is um, to the west of where you are currently. Um, and once you get into the coast, there is a small coastal city that is kind of um, being slowly encroached by the yellow sands, the red way or the yellow wastes as it has like been spreading out from its location kind of in the center of the continent, essentially creating like a 500 mile um, like radius uh, desert kind of in the center of this like smaller island continent. Um, and you guys kind of like land into this port city, which is like mostly uninteresting. Um, it has one Wittershire tree where it seems like most people tend to live with kind of smaller shops and towns outside of it. Um, and you're actually, instead of landing in a port, are directed to land in a large field outside of the city towards the uh, like inland of the continent where you guys touch down. Uh, how far until we're going to get to our destination? From where you have landed, the yellow wastes begin in approximately 20 miles to the west. All right. I'm going to hit the switch in the cockpit to drop the cargo hold. And uh, just are we leaving anybody, anything on the I guess monkey we should take with us? Or should we have him guard the ship? I don't know. We'll no, see. we should. Uh, I think we should take monkey and we should leave the, the regular crew on the ship. Okay. All right, crew, listen up. We're going to be gone at a little errand. Uh, about 20 clicks out of here. Make sure uh, nothing happens to the thorn. You got it? Um, you get a bunch of, um, like, aye, aye, captains from, like, the, the four crew members <laughs> that are, are mostly in charge of, like, maintenance and cleanliness. and like Skyrim, sure. they all the same sound bite. <laughs> <laughs> well, except for Dale. Except for Dale. <laughs> Captain. I have a question before you leave. Uh, yeah. How long will you be gone? <laughs> How long is too long for you, Dale? Every minute that we're apart breaks my heart. All right, all right. I'm gonna <laughs> smack no. him again. Snap out of it, Dale. All right. Joke's on you. I'm into that shit. Okay, okay. Glad to be of service. Mama, um, stop flirting with the staff. I'm not flirting go. with the staff. All right, sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm gonna, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sidle up to L and be like, "Is this a common occurrence with him?" Yeah, he flirts with like everybody. I, oh, I shit. heard that. I don't flirt with. I don't flirt with anybody. I don't try to flirt with anybody. Yeah, he's really good at flirting when he's not trying to flirt, and then really bad at flirting when he's trying to flirt. It's very interesting. Got it. It's so endearing. All right, all right, all right. Can we stop talking about my love life. We got shit to blow up. Get on the speeder bike. Who who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> I don't fucking know. It's really not my business. I just let Rama handle his shit. It's a, it's a long story, Deco. Yeah, it seems like it. Uh, all right, let's get going. I'm Didn't we just hire bike. him? 
It's not like he's been around for a while, has he? Everybody stop questioning my captaining skills. uh, (laughs) Elbows mix and discreetly out of view of either of them kind of points at Rama and points at Digo and just kind of like raises eyebrows. Mix nods in understanding. (laughs) (laughs) Digo is just kind of like crossing his arms looking at Dale who's just like fixing like a pipe or something in the ship and he's just... Don't know who that guy is. Jesus. Um, uh, Dale, so, not Dale. Dale, keep fixing the pipe. Digo, get on the back of the speeder bike. All right, let's go, everyone. You two wanted to share this time. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Oh, well, how no. about you? You come on my my my. Speeder yeah, I got that. I mean, not that we have to share. It's just... Digo, get on the speeder bike. <laughs> let's go. No, no, no. It's cute. It's cute. It's not supposed to be cute. I just need someone on the back of the speeder bike who can shoot. All right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay, um, so Digo grabs his uh, his trident that he has on his back, as well as uh, his blaster rifle, um, and uh, yeah, yeah, he just gets on the back of the speeder bike. <laughs> um, so great. So you guys uh, start riding your way over the yellow sands of the wastes. Um, as you kind of progress into the desert, um, you feel the dryness of the atmosphere, and you can hear the sounds of industrial equipment kind of echo throughout this desert um, over dunes and uh, you see a a large city in the distance that kind of stretches towards the sky Uh, it is a rounded shape um, and it looks like the city itself has like two layers to it as you uh, start to approach it's still many miles away essentially what it looks like is that there's a lower level where there's people living and then an upper level being supported by large pillars um, that that seem to the different layers seem to serve some sort of purpose that you can't intuit from this far away. And in the center of the city is a large, um, like rounded tower that says Circa Corp on it in big flashing letters that go around this spiraling tower. Um, you can see that there is a large amount of pollution and smog being emitted from several reactors on the outside of the city that form a ring around the city. Um, now, uh, as you are speeding along, you get within, um, you know, uh, so yeah, you, you get within essentially like 200 miles of the uh, city. So you've been riding for, for like an hour and a half now going as fast as you can on these bikes through the desert. And you see um, through kind of the haze of the desert sands, you see... Um, several like figures uh, moving in the same direction as you. Um, you're going so fast that it's difficult to make out what exactly is happening. Um, but as you get closer, I would like Rama to make me um, a perception check on what is uh, going on in front of you. Do you say perception or piloting? Perception. Uh, did you say deception? Nope. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, plus zero, so that's a nine. A nine. Um, you are able to make out two figures running, but you're not able to make out the rest of the commotion going on around them. Um, Which direction are they running? Toward us? Away from towards us? the city, so in the same direction that you are going. How, um, how long at this speed do you think until we overtake them? Um, it'll take you a few minutes to overtake them. Would you like to do that? Would you like to drive like around them and in front of them and cut them off? 
Well, I can't see what else is going on with a nine perception check, so I'm gonna beep in and see if I can radio to. I imagine Mix has a headset, right? <laughs> yeah, you guys are able to to communicate through your your comms uh, links with each yeah, other. Yeah, probably. So I'm gonna radio through my uh, Mandalorian helmet into Mix's headset and say, <clears throat> "Hey, you got two figures running up there, a couple of bogies. Do you have any idea what that's about?" Can I roll perception? Sure. Um, can I roll with advantage because uh, Rama told me about it? <laughs> uh, no. Uh, okay, I got a seven. Um, you don't you don't have any better idea of what's going on than he does. Uh, yeah, I see what's going on. I don't know what they're doing though. All right, let's just catch up to them. Um. Great. So the, the your two speeder bikes kind of come around them um, after like a minute or two of pursuit, um, and you see that there are two figures, uh, both in uh, yellow and black armor, indicative of the hive, with their helmets off, running for their lives. You cut them off, um, you know, twenty or thirty yards ahead of them, um, and as you stop your speeder bikes and get a good look, you see that they look terrified. And you see behind them something that you couldn't see before with the speed that you were moving and the desert sands all around. But there is something, perhaps many somethings, burrowing under the ground, chasing after these individuals on bikes. Or on, not, sorry, they're not on bikes. These individuals on foot. Well, now's a good time to bring out something that hits people. I think we should, I think maybe we should just run, right, from the burrowing creatures. We can't leave them. I mean, don't get me wrong, they're filth, but, like, come on. We would just kill them, like, if we if we <laughs> crossed them. Um, they're, like, running up to you, and they're getting closer, and they're waving, and they say, Help us! Help us! They're chasing us! We need help! <laughs> it might be useful to have a couple prisoners, right? Mine will question them. Excellent! Uh, I'm gonna grab one aboard if we can get close. Uh, um, I'm going to uh, just roll right up to one of them uh, and say, "All right, Diego, knock him out quickly." Uh, what? Uh, uh, I, uh, he kind of like struggles and fumbles um, as like a uh, <laughs> so Rama onto onto your bike um, clambers on like basically over D or Digo's lap um, a uh, clawdite man um, wearing his clawdite face jumps on the bike. Um, his heavy armor clanking, and he says, "Go, go, please, fast now!" All right, all right, shut up, away, let's go. Away. Um, and onto uh, Mix and L's bike uh, is a chiss woman um, with kind of smoky blue skin um, and radiant eyes. Who says, "Please help, monsters, fast now!" Radiant blue please. eyes. Of course, they get the hot one. All right, um, <laughs> I'm gonna turn on the juice. I'm like, does anybody have handcuffs? Um, Can I roll for handcuffs in my pocket? <laughs> I would be so unsafe. I feel like Mix has like a Mary Poppins bag of Star Wars gadgets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> handcuffs? No, we don't. I, we don't have time for handcuffs. They're right on our trail. Um, I just grab one and throw them over my shoulder. <laughs> yeah. So as as you kind of load up on your bikes, um, from behind you, um, out of the sands, pops out um, four monstrous looking things. These are creatures that have chitinous bodies. Six dagger sharp spider limbs. Um, three on each side with two long tentacles out in front. A uh, 
carapace of chitin that extends from the shoulders of this spider-like creature into two large eye stalks with a sharp, pointy, yellow uh, chitin. And they chitter and squeal. These are large beasts. These are, uh, you know, several times larger than a normal humanoid. And they are skittling uh, fast after uh, these people, and they are closing the gap quickly. All right, I'm going like to turn on the full throttle. God, the only thing I hate more than sand is what comes out of it. Let's go. All right, uh, between the two bikes, um, what I need is uh, for you guys to roll initiative to see how fast you can get out of here. Um, actually, uh, roll a piloting check to see how fast you can get out of here. Hell yeah. Um, Got it. Oh no! You can wait until after the roll. <laughs> got a bat one. God damn it! Hold up, I got thirteen. I got plus, plus three though, so it's four. It's so a three, and then I'm gonna use Ace Pilot to, to add a brief, a nice little D six on there. At least it's the bike with two lightsabers on it. Five. No. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> um, five. So thir- three. That's a twenty-one with all modifiers. Twenty-one. Okay, so uh, the bike with Rama, Digo, and the Claudite is able to accelerate very quickly ahead of these creatures, and you are able to start bolting away faster than they can can run or dig. Um, the bike with L and Mix. I understand Mix is is the one piloting, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so L is on the back. One of these creatures is able to close the distance with three close behind it, and it extends a very large slimy tentacle out and wraps it around L's waist. Shit. That is going to be a 19 to hit. A uh, 19 hits. Okay, um, so it's going to wrap around you. So I'm, I'm going to roll damage. In the meantime, I need... Uh, for you to make me a strength saving throw. What are you going? Plus, plus 10 to... Plus 10 to strength. Um, what'd you get? Nine. You got a nine? With a strength saving throw? Shouldn't you have yeah. plus like a million to strength? I have plus five because that is my strength mod. Oh, right. And you rolled a four. Okay. Yep, that's how math works. That's uh, tough. That's tough. I don't think okay. a heads up is going to help on that one. So, L, you're going to take 11 damage, um, and you are now restrained. This thing's tentacle is wrapped around you and the seat of your bike, pulling the bike um, and preventing it from escaping. And three other creatures are hot on your tail. Now, I also need you to make me a constitution saving throw. 17. Okay, so on a 17, you uh, there's no other added effects to this, but you are being uh, essentially grappled by this thing, um, and it is preventing you from leaving. Um, at this point, um, we need to do some initiative rolls. So why, don't, why doesn't everybody from me roll initiative? Are we re-rolling again? Yes, yeah, yeah, re-roll. All right, that's a four do i have anything on this i got 11 natural 20 and what'd you get uh mix 11 11 okay 
<sighs> That's the best time for that. Okay. Uh, plus your initiative's a five. That's a nine. What level are we? Seven? Yep. Okay, cool. I'm technically five and two. That's still seven. <laughs> Just saying. Wait, what's the two in? Uh, five in Guardian, two in Engineer. That's right. Okay. Um, so, this bike is restrained. Um, L, it is, since you got a 20, we're going to start with you in the initiative order. Um, what would you like to do? So, you can make a strength saving throw um, at the beginning of your turn to try to escape these tentacles if you would like. Um, is that my action? It, it, it would be your action, yes. Uh, restrained, what does that mean? In I forget. It, it just means I have, like, disadvantage on attacks or something. Um, to be able to move, you're going to have to uh, beat uh, an opposed strength check, like you just did. Um, uh, you can still attack while restrained, um, but you can only attack the thing restraining you, since it's the only thing in range. Okay, I'm going to use a channel the force to falling avalanche. And I gain advantage on the next ability check or attack roll I make using strength before the end of my next turn. Um, and I have not moved more than half my speed, so I'm going to go ahead and try and... I, I assume I'm grappled and restrained, yeah? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to break the grapple. Saving the... Uh, doesn't matter. 15? Uh, let me roll for this thing. Oh, this thing rolled a 21. <laughs> Um, so you're still restrained by this thing. Um, in that case, I'm going to use my bonus action to activate my Sheehan form. Okay. And that's my turn. Okay. Um, next is going to be, um, a, another beast that is going to enter the fray. Um, a second uh, pretty much identical beast is coming up to the other side of the speeder and is going to try to uh, stab at uh, Mix. Um, and this thing gets to make uh, three attacks, two with its legs. Um, Holy shit. <laughs> or tentacle. Mix and, is beefy. And one with its uh, tail stinger. So it's going to um, make two attacks with the leg spear. Um, it's going to be, the first roll is going to be a 16. That hits. The other one's going to be a 20. Yeah, that hits. Um, and that one's going to be a 10. Okay. So, That's not hit. So two, some of these diamond boys. One. So you're going to take eight plus... Three plus three. Okay, so you're going to take 14 damage. Um, so this thing with its its very pointy leg spears comes like through the sand and is going to stab at you twice, um, hitting your limbs and dealing um, piercing damage to you. And it chitters grossly and scuttles around to your bike. Um, it is now going to be Rama's turn. Oh, sorry, sorry, it's going to be... Wait, Mix has not gone yet, so it's going to be Mix's turn. Excuse me, sorry. Not to get your hopes up. Okay. Um, am I within melee range of anything? Uh, yeah, you're in melee range of both of the things that are attacking this bike. Perfect. With two um, more hot I, on your trail. 
I'm gonna pull out my lightsaber. Okay. Um, and hit it and use a force empowered strike. I get all of the cool things that Elle's had this whole time now. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, you can um, choose to use a force empowered strike after you know whether or not you hit. Oh, really? Perfect. Yeah. Um, cool. Then I will do that. Uh, that's a 14 to hit? Yes, 14 hits. Perfect. Um, yeah, then I'm going to use a force empowered strike. And what does that add? Uh, um, you can burn a force point to add 1d8. I think oh, at level perfect. 5 you can't add more than 2d8. So you could burn. But let me Okay, I'll just use one. Um, that's 7 damage. Uh, no, 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 that's 9 damage. Nine. Oh, you can get up to 3d8 at level 5, my bad. Okay. 9 damage. So you strike this thing with your lightsaber. Um, <laughs> what color is your lightsaber? Describe it for us again. Um, it's just a pretty normal looking lightsaber, but uh, the blade is an icy blue color. Ooh. Ice, ice baby. So uh, you, <laughs> so you said it was nine damage? Yeah. Okay. Um, so you uh, take out your lightsaber um, and with one hand on the bike, trying to uh, futilely get it to go to forward. <laughs> um, and the other hand with your lightsaber swing at this uh this creature who you don't have a name for, um, this like spider tentacle monstrosity. Um, Horrible. Yes, in fact, uh, let me just take a moment to uh, send this in in the chat. Um, I'm not gonna look at it. (laughs) I I hate spiders, tentacles, monstrosities, and sand, and ugh. There it is, it's in the live chat. Um, Smash. (laughs) Um, so you strike this thing with your lightsaber and while it cuts through the chitinous armor you see that your lightsaber does rebound from it and it does less damage than you would have hoped bringing it down to five damage against this thing dumb and it looks like it is not that badly hurt whatsoever Next uh, is going to be Rama's turn. Question. Um, yes. I'm assuming I can I can see it bounce off from here. I mean, it's a blue lightsaber. You're uh, you're driving away, right? So I don't know that you did see it. So what is you? What do you want to do? You can close the gap with your speeder. Um, oh, I was just. I mean, the once L got nabbed, I would just want to turn around and head back. Okay. So keeping you- the relatively safe distance <laughs> you head that way uh what would you like to do um okay so ruling that i didn't see the lightsaber bounce off because wondering if i would know to switch weapons or not um let's leave it to the dice aside just go go ahead and roll me a, a perception check to see how well you were able to see it oh that didn't happen that's a five okay well, i didn't see it um yeah, sand got my eyes um okay well so i'm gonna, I'm gonna turn around and okay well, I don't want to do this, but whatever. Uh, hey, Diego, do you think we can trust a clawed-eyed friend on the back? Uh, I... It's kind of too early to tell, but uh, these things seem like bad news, man. I think we should probably try to get out of here. All right. Well, worst comes to worst, you can hand him a blaster. Just not one of mine. Uh, sure. All right. So at this distance, um, how, how far away am I? Um, I'd say like 60 feet. Oh, wait a minute. I'm going to have to use the hand cannon because I can't dual wield the blasters while I'm driving. But never mind. I can't use the hand cannon either because I need two hands to hold it. 
so I'm gonna have to use a singular blaster, and I'm too far away for the war sword. Not that I want to get close to it anyway. I mean, you could you could like park your speeder for a second, like come to a stop and then aim if you want to. No, <laughs> we're we're gonna stay moving. Um, All right, Diego, uh, focus fire. Just shoot the one that's grabbing Alan. Kill as soon as possible. Okay, so you're basically going to forego your action on your turn and just take your movement. Uh, no, I'm, I'm going to shoot, but I'm I'm saying that because uh, I'm setting up a uh, my new ability. I haven't used it. It's called Commander Strike. Oh, okay. Um, so I can forego an attack or use a bonus action. Expend superiority die, and um, that creature immediately uses its reaction to make one weapon attack. They add the superiority die to the attack's damage roll. Assuming he hits. <laughs> wow, okay. Uh, of um, course. So I'm going to use my bonus action um, to uh, to give him a commander strike. Great. Um, and then you're going to take your attack. on. Are you going to attack the one that is uh, holding on to L or the one that is engaged with Mix? Uh, probably the one holding on to L. Freeing, freeing L seems like a good move considering that L also comes with a lightsaber and a metallic arm. <laughs> Great. Uh, yeah, roll the hit. Okay. Alright. Um, so, Digo got 17. <laughs> Actually, I haven't... No, you roll for Digo then, because yeah. I don't have a stat sheet. I was like, what do, what do I add? Uh, Rama got a 25. 25 will hit. Alright, and then the second one... Oh, boy. Okay. Does uh, an 11 hit? No, it does not. Okay, first one hits, and that's a D6 damage, plus 5. Um, I can choose to have advantage on one damage roll. Doesn't matter, roll to 6 anyway. Um, so it's 11 energy damage. Um, um, that's 11 energy damage from uh, from me. Um, did Digo hit? Digo does hit. Um... All right. <clears throat> Add um, add five to uh, the damage. Okay, he's going to level his blaster rifle at the same uh, skittering beast holding on to L. Big damage, big damage, big damage. You said add five? Yep. Plus what, I mean, plus whatever his modifier is for damage already. Okay, he's going to do 15 damage. Nice. Um, so... And how much did you do, Rama? I did 11. Okay, so 26 damage. Okay, so that did that definitely did something. Uh, you two are able to shoot uh, this beast in its underbelly, which is somewhat exposed with its tentacles trying to wrap around L. Um, and you notice that it recoils slightly but does not uh, fully let go um, of L and starts to try to uh, reestablish its grip again. Um, it is now, uh, <laughs> there is now a third chittering beast that is coming up to the side of the speeder that is going to try to grab uh, the uh, chiss woman that is uh, draped over the bike. Um, and she's going to yell, get us out of here, please, fast. Um, and this thing uh, comes up. <sighs> If no, I have to get we close should let her die just because of that. <laughs> if I have to get Honestly. close to one of these things, I, I swear. <laughs> just push her off as bait, literally. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm leaning that way. 
Um, so this is this thing's gonna make a tentacle attack against her. We only need one prisoner of the question, right? I mean, sixteen uh, will hit. Um, so then they're going to make opposed strength checks. Oh, and she succeeds. Um, so this thing uh, lashes out a tentacle at her that like grips uh, her arm, and she pulls out a knife and slices the tentacle, and it ungrips her. Um, but she does take um, a decent amount of damage. She's gonna take, uh, yeah, she's gonna take eight damage, and she is going to be poisoned as well. Um, that's gonna be the end of that thing's turn. Um, so we're going to go back up to the order to L. Okay, I am, I'm just gonna hit it a bunch and hope that if I hit it a bunch, it'll be easier to escape or something. Can I try and cut off its arm that's holding me? Is that a thing? Sure, its tentacle does, is not covered in the same chitinous armor as the rest of its body, meaning that it might be prudent to do that. Um, go ahead and attack. Um, and do what you want to do. Okay. Uh, first attack is uh, my lightsaber is a seventeen to hit. Seventeen will hit. Second attack is. Do you mind if I roll these all together? Go for it. For sure. Uh, that'll hit. That's more than the first one. That's a uh, twenty. Okay. Okay. I am going to let's do the damage for the first attack. Oh shit! I meant to bonus action phase strike before I started. Can I call that? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Okay, yeah. So that's one d eight. Uh, oh, and I guess I get advantage. So let me see if I crit. I do not. Oh, but I rolled a nineteen. That's nice. Um, so that's one d eight. Four plus the weapon damage is. 10, I will burn three force points to deal an additional 3d8 damage. Five, 15, 23, 26, plus 5 is 31 for the first attack. Jesus Christ. Forget how hard you can hit. And then the second attack. Five. Um, after the first attack, how's the tentacle looking? Um, I'm gonna say that with 31 damage, you're able to slice off the tentacle that was holding you. That's okay. a significant amount of this thing's health pool. Cool. So for the second attack, I'll I won't burn any force points. So it'll just be the the 10 damage on that one. Okay. Um. So you use your your lightsaber. Um. And through some creative lightsaber work and positioning of it in your hands, you are able to move your body and slice behind you and sever the tentacle holding onto you. The beast uh, behind you screeches a horrid, otherworldly screech. Um, it sounds like it is a like dying horde of hornets or something like that. Um, and it screeches and recoils from you, and the speeder bike that was trying to accelerate for this grab jumps forward uh, about 20 or 30 feet um, like as the, the pressure holding it back is let go. So now you guys have freedom of movement. Um, do I, am I on this bike or do I need to run up to catch it? You were still on the bike. It was holding like you and the bike. So if you imagine that like, you're sitting on like a, a motorcycle chair, it was wrapped around your torso and the chair. 
so it was holding the bike back. So you're still on the bike. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, well, then I guess I don't have to use my movement. And I say, I'm good, let's go. Alright, let's move. Uh, okay. Sometimes discretion is the better part of valor. I'm gonna crank it up and get moving. Alright, so Rama, since you're out of range of these things, there's no risk of you being subdued by them again. Um, Mix, just give me a piloting check to get out of here without getting hit one more time. That's a 14. 14. I was reading up on all my engineer stuff. I was planning my next attack. But. As the speeder bike jumps forward, a pair of incredibly sharp spear-like legs impact the sand where the speeder just was, missing you guys by inches. And you're able oh. to zoom out ahead of these things with your prisoners in tow. And you start speeding across the sands once more. Um, Yes, so uh, you're still about an hour away from the city where you can get in and find some place discreet to hold up. Um, you have two hive soldiers, uh, one on each of your speeder bikes. Um, they mostly are just quiet and breathing heavily, waiting to see what happens. Ain't no funny business back there. What's your name, kid? Uh, uh... And he, like, throws up a little bit off the side of the, the, God, the bike. God. This is a rental, you son of a bitch. What's your name? <sighs> Nidahoy. All right. What you, uh, what you doing here? Why are we in the middle of a desert? On foot. It's high bomber. You guys got enough ships and bullshit to travel around at the speed of light. Why are you running around here on foot? <sighs> we tried to defect... And they caught us and, and threw us out in the desert. So we are trying to run back to the city to uh, get some water and try to f find passage off a planet. There you go, I'm driving. Is he lying? How should I know? I can't really see his face. Uh. <laughs> and we'll get you to water. Um, yeah, the Chiss is on your bike, Elle, and she uh, looks equally scared and... Uh, like freaked out by what just happened um you see on both of them on um, like each on the respective bike they like their skin looks like cracked and dry like they have been out in the desert for some time um they look very dehydrated and exhausted as well um and you notice that the the woman on your bike is like kind of floating in and out of consciousness at this point um i'm gonna give her a little bit of water from my uh i don't know we have like water packs i assume yeah you guys have like normal rations and stuff um yeah, so you're able to, to give her some water, and she just, like, weakly says, Thank you. You're welcome. Um, and then she uh, goes unconscious. I'm gonna really win. Uh, <clears throat> Mix, L, any of you guys, uh, I don't think you caught any of that from my bike, but uh, they claim to be defectors. At least this one does. Well. Just, uh, you should know. <laughs> Yeah. No. So you said it was an hour? I mean, I thought it was like 20 miles away, and we're on speeder bikes. I don't know how fast these things go. No, it's 500 miles away. <laughs> oh, 500 miles away. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just going to... I don't know. I'm just going to hold the uh, dehydrated, passed out person on our bike. Yeah. Right. Smart um, move. So what made you want to defect? Um, shit's been crazy, man. Uh... We were 
just some mercenaries looking for cash and fell in with the hive and the hive is uh fucked um i don't so there's there's the battle at Coruscant, and a lot of the hive members didn't want to to go to war it seemed like a dumb idea challenging the republic directly on their own planet and when things fell apart we escaped to, to the system and the orders were to uh, I mean I didn't want to be a part of it anymore I respect that I uh, do respect that uh, god I hate sand I'm gonna like, brush some of it out of my face as we're speeding along <laughs> uh, okay hold up a lot of other people do a lot of other people defect as well I don't know I don't know. Uh, We're kept kind of insulated. The Hive operates as like a unit. Um, They have us separated into different squads. We're not allowed to to talk between each other. And all of our orders come directly from from the Queen. So we're never given much of a chance to, to form ranks. And yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Good old compartmentalization. Hey, uh, Ellie, you hear all that? You got any questions for him? Uh, not right now. It seems like y'all should just get some rest. I think it'll probably be better to have this conversation after that. You got it. Hey, get some rest, friend. One, one thing. When we get close to the city, we should stop so we can ditch our armor. We don't want to be recognized wearing the yellow and black. Do you want to just ditch it right now? Throw it off the side. He kind of, like, looks back behind him, like, in the desert and says, No, dear fucking god, we should not stop. He was saying anything about stopping. <laughs> See if I can grab a piece of it and just throw it off the bike. <laughs> Make a dex check? <laughs> uh, that's an 18. Uh, sure, yeah, you're able to hit some of the clasps on the side of his breastplate. Um, and like the the plate falls off, and like uh, since you're moving at such a high speed, it like falls behind you and tumbles hard into the sand. Um, and he looks up and says, "Jesus, buy me dinner first. <laughs> I'm not floating. <laughs> yeah, tell that to the sand monsters. <laughs> um, great. So if there's anything else you want to say on the way there, um, as you approach the city, um. Actually, the Claudite, um, who's, again, his name is, is Nita Hora. Uh, so Nita is his first name. Um, he says, uh, well, he, he says, uh, my name is Nita. Also, uh, well, do you know where we're going? Do you, do you know what this place is? Uh, I'm willing for your insight. Well, it's basically industrial hell, I can tell you that. Uh, didn't pick up on that the first time. Yeah. Um, it's called Midgar. It's owned by the Serka Corporation. Um, it's a, it's a city that is completely self-sufficient and isolating. It gets all of its power from reactors around the city. On the lower levels are the slums. That's where, where all the citizens and all the Wookiees live. On the upper plates is where the corporate fucking schmoozers live. Um, our ship, uh, the hive ship, um, well, it was hidden. It's hidden below the city. Somewhere 
we were we're not really allowed to see where we were taken once we landed, but I think there's a, a hangar somewhere in the desert. That's how they got it in. But it's you, you have to go through the city now, I think. The whole ship is under a city. Yeah, it's a big hangar. How? Who built that? Is it the corporation? What's the corporation have to do with the hive again? I don't. I don't know the full details. I'm just a soldier, man. I just, I know that at, at one point, before the Hive got involved in all this spooky shit with whatever was going on in the planet with the Red Maw and now here, that, that Circa was our main, uh, one of our main trading partners. They would, they would ask us to protect some of their assets in exchange. We would run guns for them across the galaxy. They would take a cut, of course, and we would sell guns to people through channels that they normally couldn't sell to and still remain legitimate in the eyes of the Republic in terms of publicly traded corporations. So we were sort of their fence. But now, I don't I don't know. I don't know what the relationship is. You're telling seemed... nobody in the Galactic Senate thought anything was going on? It's a big place. The galaxy, I mean. I mean... It's not like the Hive really advertises who their seller is. And the Circuit Corps could just say that their shipments were lost in transit. They were attacked. And then they could write off the damages of ships as, uh, you know, tax breaks. It's a whole fraud. It's a sham. Tax breaks really are the true dark side of the Force. What? Never mind. Uh, Alright. I'm going to trust you. Can't blame him doing it. But something you said to me really, uh, really made me think you might be a good guy. I was just a soldier too once. Yeah, man. Shit sucks. That's why I don't want to be be one anymore. Yeah, I feel that. Feel that. In fact, I was you know, saving enough to retire, and then I got pulled. Never mind. Never mind. Your friend back there. What should I know about that? She's my wife. Oh. Damn. Nice. Uh, hey, watch it. Hey, no, no, I was just saying. Nice. Never mind. You, uh, you guys meet in the hive. That's a weird sentence. You guys... <laughs> you guys meet uh, in the hive. Yeah, actually. We we were uh, taken up by the same recruiter. We were out in the outer outer rim. And uh, these criminal organizations, you know, they recruit from, from people that are down on their luck promise you a pension and a wage and certain benefits if you be a hired gun. All they ask is that you shut up and follow orders. Any kids? Well, uh, we're trying, but, you know, uh, it's kind of a hard time to, you know, find privacy. Oh, right, right. Rama blushes a bit under his <laughs> his mask and is like, sorry, you guys seem like good kids. Sure. Thanks. Um, as we pull in, there's going to be a gate. Um, I don't, I don't know how to get us in. Um, if they recognize us as hive soldiers, they're going to ask questions, but, um, is there a reason that you guys are coming to Midgar? Yeah, we're here to, I'm going to calms in. Uh, L, he's uh, asking why we're here. Why are we here again? Uh, we're looking for someone. Uh, we're looking for someone. Okay, well, that narrows it down. Um, it's somebody who lives in Midgar. 
I was more asking if you guys had a story about why you're trying to get into the city. Depends. It's, uh, is there a story that's come to help us get into the city? Um, the arena is usually the biggest attraction. Guy with your kind of armor probably wouldn't get too many questions. Hey, El. Yeah. In the off chance we have to follow up on some arena action, you, uh, you down to beat some shit up? Yeah, sure. Alright. Well, there you got it. Nita, you found yourself a squad of four arena fighters. Okay. Let's see if it works. Um, so as you guys, uh, like, at, like, are getting further into the center of the desert, you're approaching the huge structure of the city of Midgar. Um, you know, several giant reactors billowing smoke, and you come to a gate, um, with, uh, several, not hive soldiers, but, uh, basically corporate bodyguards dressed in like blue fatigues and some armor um, with cloth face masks and kind of like a turban scenario to protect them from the sun and from the desert. Um, they see your speeder bikes approaching um, and set like turn on signs, like large electric signs that say stop or like slow. Um, and as you guys pull up in your speeder bikes, they say, halt, state your business. What are you doing huh? out in the desert? It's uh nice to meet you. We're uh we're here to do some do some arena ing. We heard the the bounties are large, the the crowds are fun, and the enemies are at least a little bit of a challenge. <laughs> They're talking a big game. You must not know too much about the arena, huh? Eh, uh, ignorance is bliss. <laughs> well, I guess I know who did not put my money on. Um and they start kind of chuckling. Um they see the two bodies kind of draped over the speeders and they say, what about those two? Those uh, corpses on your bikes. What about them, huh? They're uh, not corpses. They just bit off a bit more they can chew in the desert. Facts. No one's supposed to go out into the desert. Do you know why they were there? No clue. Deception check. Wait, hold on. I'm trying to think of this. I mean, that's somewhat true. Completely alive. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my deception's a lot better than my persuasion, so we should I'm stick with playing. I can't remember what my thing is called. Your <laughs> odds are pretty decent, I will say. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's a natural one. <laughs> is it really? <laughs> uh, yeah. Hold on. Let me see. Yeah, I don't think I, I don't think I have anything that can that can fix that. Did your new benevolence do something with your charisma? What was my benevolence? Uh, Rob, do you happen to remember what that was? When, when you are an ally within thirty feet of you, makes a charisma persuasion check check to attempt to calm a creature or bring peace slash alliance, you may spend a force point to add one d four to the result, which is not really going to help in this scenario. Well, it, it will well, it will help. It will help. It's a nine, so I I think we I think it's worth it to bring that above a ten, or at least to a ten. True. Okay, so that's 12. Okay, so uh, on that one, normally I would say is a crit fail regardless of what it was, but because you are burning a force point, it makes it, it, makes it easier in my mind. So to, to keep in perspective, you basically had to roll a nat one to fail this one. This man rolled a four as like a, a, an insight check. So Yeah, literally. Um, yeah. So kind of wary, uh, he says, oh, Okay, um, we don't. We, I guess we don't really see many people survive the desert. So, well, good on you for picking them up. Good Samaritans and all. Um, sure. Uh, I just need to to scan some IDs to let you guys in. 
Yeah, uh, I have. I still have my like fake ID, right? Yes, you do. Um, I'll I'll give them that to scan. Um, it scans and it just it shows you as just kind of like a normal civilian from Coruscant says, "Yeah, you're a long way from home." What about you, big I guy? Travel. Uh, <clears throat> I don't spell as well as the Jedi Order. I got a. <laughs> Did I get another ID or am I, do I still just have my out of date driver's license slash revoked bounty hunter license? Uh, you only have those. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm gonna give those over. Like, here you go. <laughs> um, the guard looks at your expired bounty hunter and like driver's license and kind of like chuckles to himself and says, <sighs> figures you'd go to the arena. Well, it looks like you're on your last legs and, you know, I'm not gonna let this inside information go to waste. I'm going to try to bet money on your corpse, bud. And he lets you in. Uh, um, then it's going to be uh, Mix and Digo. Mix, what are you going to offer in the way of ID? Um, do I have a normal, like, Coruscant um, driver's license? Um, you probably have a Coruscant driver's license, but it's probably going to identify you as a Jedi. Okay. Um, I mean, I guess there's not a problem with me being a Jedi here, right? Depends. <laughs> it's um, not great yeah considering we're we're actively hunting people but you know it is i mean if that's all i got that's all i got maybe just, we have money just bribe them uh you know i did uh actually leave my id on our ship um but uh that's that's not gonna be a problem is it <laughs> you tell me <laughs> I feel weird offering Elle's money for this, but um uh you know we could if we could give you some something to yeah. make you for, forget about it, then what, would that help? <laughs> As you say that, uh Elle says, yeah, how much uh how much to make this problem go away? Um he kind of like looks askance at his buddy and says, We say we call it mm, four hundred credits. I look at L. <laughs> yeah, L is gonna look like. I mean, we have the money. They don't know that though, so I'm gonna look like it pains, uh, and say, "Oh, we might be able to scrape that together." Um, and I'm I'm gonna add a hundred of my own credits just to make it look like we're really actually trying to scrape it together. Um, the guard reaches out his hand, and says, "ID, please." And hand I hand him the four hundred credits. Um, he makes a show of like looking at it in his hands, like cupping it away from like some cameras around, um, and says, "Looks like it checks out." And he hands you back basically like a one, like a, a small like card of a credit that you know is like worth like basically one credit that he hands back to you as if he was handing back an ID. Um, says, "All right, you're cleared to enter. Welcome to Midgar." Um, and the gate opens, and it opens to essentially um, like industrial slums. Um, the air is polluted and somewhat smoggy. Um, all the houses here are made out of metal and brick. Um, there are like rows of houses that are basically structured around these factories on the edges of um, the. Uh, city, and you see plenty of uh, Wookies and humans alike that are wearing um, orange industrial, like engineering and or worker garb, kind of going in and out of these factories um, and working. Um, Digo, once you guys get in, says we should find some place discreet to hold up for a minute so we can talk to our new friends. Yeah. 
Yeah, but there's a... You don't think that'd be a good idea? I think there's a no-tell motel or a starlight bar. I don't know. Uh, let me do my thing for a minute, and I'll find us some place to hold up. Um, Digo kind of, like, walks um, somewhat into a crowd, and he looks like he's looking for something in particular. Um, and then you see that he comes across um, a... Uh, a an alley uh, off the adjacent sidewalk that has a marking that is a uh, triangle over a circle with a vertical line through the circle. And he kind of taps it and looks around and he spots um, a Wookiee that uh, is wearing <laughs> um, like long gown um, that covers like their torso, um, but not their arms all the way down to their legs. Um, from where you guys are standing, you see him start chatting up the Wookiee using his new translator, and he kind of like glances over to your group and uh, let's see makes you know, like puts out his hands for like six people, um, and then you see him exchange uh, some money, and then he comes back to you and says, "I've got this a place to hold up. Follow me and try to be discreet." Um, you got it. Discreet's my middle name. Shut up, Rama. Uh, <laughs> uh, so he takes you down the alley, and you guys follow this garbed Wookiee um, down like a set of alleys that seem to be getting progressively like shabbier and shabbier, until you come to a metal door um, with a like slide over the uh, like top portion of it, so that somebody can peek through. Um, the Wookiee knocks, um, and after an exchange of some uh, Wookiee language. <laughs> Um, the door opens and you guys are led into a speakeasy hotel, an underground, uh, um, basically hovel for, um, bounty hunters and black market traders to hold up discreetly. And as you enter, um, kind of this smoke filled bar and room, um, you guys notice a wide variety of shady looking characters, um, pretty much everyone armed, um, some people trading in some things that seem illicit, um, and you guys are uh, shown to a uh, set of rooms where you guys may hold up for the night. <clears throat> Great. Last time I tossed to a stripper, she tried to kill me. But, you know, you, you talked to Cecil since then. Oh, yeah. I forget. I forget about that. <laughs> I, I think for only as a, uh, as the, uh, I forget. Does she still do that? Like, does she still have, does she keep both jobs or is she just at the. No, she <laughs> just does HR now. Got it. <laughs> does a high ranking executive for the Jedi Order also strip on the side? Why not? I mean, <laughs> she I enjoys mean... it. I mean, I'll say this much not for money and not in public, but you could ask. Um,. <laughs> <laughs> I uh I don't do well with flirting when I'm trying apparently. Yeah. Um so yeah, so you get you guys are now in a quiet place where you guys can plan or talk or settle in for the night. Uh you know, I'm not really used to this whole investigating thing, so I'm going to let you guys take the reins. Oh. Uh yeah, we go I think we all go into a room. Oh, you uh Step into my office. I'm gonna like take two steps backward, away from everybody else. Yeah. Okay. I'll walk over there. Look, I think we can trust these hive dropouts, but part of me still worries. What do you think we should do about them? Well, I think we should get whatever information we can, figure out how they can help us, and then keep an eye on them. Should they be restrained at all? Nah. 
Okay. Hey. Look. How do we know they're not going to lie to us? Well, I mean, we don't. We just see what the intel, what intel they give us, we see if it works. You have a lot to learn about worrying. I mean, worrying doesn't get anything done. <sighs> I guess that's why you have blasters, huh? Yeah. And intuition. All right. They go back and... Oh, you want to start firing away? I don't do much people talking very well. Yeah, um... Head back over. Um, I'll order some room service to get like some food, water. Probably not giving. Maybe eh, they want a little booze. They can have a little booze. They're like super dehydrated, but they're probably <laughs> having a really shitty time. Uh, yeah, uh, they they'll gladly order some food and like a couple beers, uh, just to like wash the sand out of their mouths. And uh, they kind of settle in. Um, it seems that the chiss is uh, still pretty pretty sleepy and worn out, and so she like hops onto the bed and like pretty quickly goes to sleep after eating. Um, uh, but Nita uh, stays awake for a little bit. Yeah, so uh, I know you were talking to Rama a little bit while you were coming over here. Uh, we do have some business with the Hive, and I'd like to know if there's any information you can give us that would be helpful. You say you got discharged. Do you still have access to anything? Uh, I didn't really have much access to things to begin with. Like I said, they keep us pretty compartmentalized. Keep all the squads in the same quarters. We're allowed to go into the city and stuff, but in terms of hive operations, it's pretty hush-hush. I just know that the queen must be working with somebody on the ground to, to get security and protection. I don't know what she's bargained for to make that happen, but it seems like they're working hand-in-hand hand now. Yeah, we have a... We have a few ideas about the high-level motivations of the Hive versus uh, the Circa Arms Corporation, so that answers that question. You said that the the ship was beneath the city? Yeah, buried beneath the sand somewhere. When we came in, I mean, we were coming in hot. I didn't really get a chance to get a good look around, but I know that when we came into the city, we came in from an elevator that was deep below the surface. It's my understanding that the desert is not just a, a byproduct from whatever trash shit the corp is doing to the planet, but also as a sort of defense device. Uh, Wookiees are, you know, more accustomed to more sort of jungle climates, and it's difficult to launch a direct attack when you can be seen coming from 500 miles away. So I think that part of the strategy of burying the ship is to keep it away from prying eyes and also to give us a base of operations separate from the city itself. Right. That makes sense. Um, hmm. What about those uh, creatures in the desert? Those aren't indigenous to the planet, are they, if this climate's new? No, no, they're not indigenous. I don't know how they got here. Uh, maybe there's somebody's... Ugh, I hate to say it, but pet. I got released once it got too big and too dangerous to take care of. I think they're called lilacs. Um, I don't know. They seem kind of like, well, they're green. They don't really fit in the desert, but they can dig through sand and rock, I guess. Fucking nasty. Yeah. Do you have any contacts at the Hive that would be willing to talk to you, or is it pretty much iced out? I don't know. Um, there's some people that I guess I was friendly with 
but nobody was really that close of friends. You know what I mean? I don't know that. So how did you and your wife get to know each other? <laughs> well, even rules can't keep love apart. Right. Um, I I could. Well, I don't really want to ask. You know, I I think that there's a pretty big risk that somebody would just turn me in if I said that I was a defector trying to re-infiltrate. Well, yeah, ideally you wouldn't fucking say that. I don't know, man. I'm just, I'm tired. I don't know what to do. Yeah, that's fine. Well, I think first you should get some sleep. We might talk more in the morning. Yeah, yeah, I'd like that. Um, Great. Uh, Well, you guys have settled in to a uh, secret location in the middle of the slums of Midgar. Uh, You guys are close to understanding where the hive is and how to approach them, and you have several leads on where to go next. So with that, we'll end the session. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.